Welcome to the Infertility Podcast. I'm Candace. And I'm Daniel. Grab a biscuit because we've got the tea on all things infertility. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. This helps others find our podcast and get even more information about coping with infertility. Also, if you'd like to stay up to date with our story, you can follow me on Instagram at Operation Baby Bump. Have a great topic for our podcast? Email us at thevanwades at gmail.com. Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> what was that? Hey. Hey. Hello. Hello. Um, what guan, what mandem? Guan? What? What guan mandem? What's that? I think it means like what's going on group. Okay. You know, what guan mandem? What language is that? I feel like it's some sort of London thing. Right. I hear people say mandem when they're talking about their group, I guess. I don't know. Right. Anyways, uh, I was gonna tell you guys that we survived Hurricane Dorian. So did yeah. So if you're wondering if we got swept away in the hurricane, the answer is no, we did not. I'm very sorry. Phew. They were probably like, man, I hope they get swept away in the hurricane. I shouldn't joke about that because people did get swept away. Um, but we are in Charleston, South Carolina, and we didn't get swept away. But um, we did have no power for thirty hours. Yeah, about thirty hours, and it was about it was thirty hours. Okay, it was thirty hours, and it was a very uncomfortable thirty hours, and that fell over two sleeps. So I had to try and sleep with no power. Yeah, you know what. I, I always hear people say, you know what, you can really tell how strong a marriage is if they can renovate a house together. And we've done that. Done but you it. can really tell how strong a marriage is if they can last without electricity in the South Carolina heat. Why? Because, like, you're just tetchy about everything. You know, like, yeah. the slightest thing you touch someone's arm, you're like, get off I of me. I was so hungry, too. I mean, I, I mean... I've told you guys before, Daniel calls me a whole meal of food type of girl. I can't survive on snacks. Snacks are snacks, and they go in between meals. So I was forced to eat crackers and chips, and it just was not not a good look for me. Not a Candace. It's not for me. Yeah. At all. And of course, no place was open. Everybody else was closed. And what places were open? were queuing onto the highway yeah well there was one place that we saw yeah and then we went to this one place because they appeared to be open and we pulled in i was so excited we we came home we got changed i was like all right we're gonna go in we're gonna charge our phones we're gonna sit there have food no we go and just booze no food just booze no food that's rude Okay. Yeah. That's rude. I mean, you only drink on Sundays. So right. It was, and it was a Friday. It was a... F- no, it was a Thursday. Thursday, yeah. But it was nice having a week off of work. I'll tell you that much. I was already off on Monday because it was Labor Day. And then we shut down um, the university I work for 
we were shut down from Tuesday through Friday, and it was amazing. It wasn't for me. It wasn't amazing on Thursday because we didn't have power, of course, but the other days were amazing because I got to relax, and it was like having a week staycation. We got a lot of stuff done as well. I, yeah, we did get a lot of stuff done around the house, things that needed to be done. We so, put our building skills to the test and we yeah, did well there. Yeah, we did. We put together a dresser and we only argued once. It was actually, we argued once over the course of two items. Yeah, so... Three items. That was pretty good, I'll be honest. Shelves, dresser, and what was the third one? The crib. The, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we um we assembled some items and we did not kill each other, which... It's just, you know... I feel like doing things like that builds a strong foundation. <laughs> Not the fact that we've gone through thousands of dollars for IVF and, you know, things like that. But it's the fact that we can build IKEA furniture together. <laughs> that dresser was really hard. Dude. There was a lot of components Dude. to it. Yeah. Um, but it I feel like really that good. was harder than a degree. <laughs> there was... was moments there where I really questioned my character. Yeah. You think it'd be easy because there's step-by-step instructions, but... There's no words. The instructions didn't really make sense all of the time. So anyways. Like there would be parts where we'd be like, why why don't we add this bit? This bit goes here. And you'd be like, it's not in the instructions Or we put yet. the wrong screw in yeah. and it made a like a, a hole that was not supposed to be it, there. It looked like an animal giving birth. It really split open the hole. <laughs> It was bad. <laughs> but we fixed it, and you can't... Yeah, I mean, it looks tell. great. It looks yeah. great. Um, but yeah, um, you left me a really weird voicemail today. Which, guys, this is nothing new. I think I've played one of Daniel's voicemails for you before. I think I should play this one. Are we ready? I don't think anyone's ready. Okay, I'm going to put it on speaker. Here we go. See if we can hear it. This message is for Candice. Uh, my name is Robert Hansford. I am the pipe layer. Um, you have requested loads of pipe to be laid. Um, honestly, we have the pipe, but I don't know if I have the manpower to lay the pipe. So uh, give me a call back when you can. Um, I'd love to be able to do this, but it's going to be a prolonged project. Uh, and like I said, this pipe is uh, you know, a very valuable pipe, and I'm open to have it. I like how the accent went in and out, and yeah. like a couple no, times it changed. He, Robert Hansford, it's my new yeah. character. He's from Birmingham. This this is nothing new, guys. He does this quite a lot. Were you calling me for like a specific reason, or uh, not really? Just, um, okay. I really wanted to do that accent, and there was no one in the house that could listen. Um, so I wanted so to... the dogs were not interested no, no, then. They never are. But right. no, there was. There's a, a British rapper named Slow Tie, and he is playing a Slow concert. Tide? Like no, the so, ocean? Slow Tie. T-H-A-I. Slow Tide. Right. Um, okay. And he is playing in Seattle tonight. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we no, live in Seattle. No, hold, hang tight. The hotel I was in last year... Yeah. It's two blocks away from there. Wow. I know. So I was like, oh, God, I want to go and see Slow Tie. So he is going to be in Atlanta Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. on November 22nd. We live in Atlanta. What no, a coincidence. We, no, we do not. But it, he's going to be here in a, in, no, on November 22nd and I can't go. So I'm, I just wanted to talk it through. Really sorry about that. Yeah. But if anyone wants to listen to Slow Tie, I, I highly recommend it. Very good. Right. That is S-L-O-W-T-H-A-I. Is he sponsoring this episode? This episode is brought to you by Slow Tie. <laughs> he's not sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not. That would be nice, though. So... We're going to get on with the episode, but stay tuned to the end because we have a bit of an important announcement that you won't want to miss. We do? Yeah, we do. I guess you'll just have to wait and see what it is. I'm excited. So today, I really wanted to talk about kind of the last thing in our mental health, I guess, series, which... um is PTSD. Which stands for Peter Take Sausages Downstairs. Yeah, that's not what it stands for. What does it? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. It does stand for post-traumatic stress disorder. When I was writing the episode notes for this, I remembered something that someone said one time. And they said, well, what you mean is that you've been through something like experiencing PTSD. It's kind of insulting to say that it's PTSD when, like, you've never been to war. No, PTSD is not just war. Right. I mean, it's it's highly associated with people who've been to war. Can but you, hey, you should have said to Dr. No Bollocks. I don't know. Right. I really, honestly, this was so long ago. It was, it was after our ectopic um, and the miscarriage. And I don't remember who it was. Um, It might have been someone that I worked with at the time or something like that. Yeah, I just remember thinking, no. And I don't even remember what my response to it was. Knowing you, it was to Well, I can tell you what my response would have been now, (laughs) which is you actually have no idea what you're talking about. And, And I would never try and downgrade what people have seen, you know, and been through in war and I agree that it's it's a their path to recovery and healing is probably a much bigger climb than the things that I've been through of course so I would never diminish what they've been through but um look I didn't write the criteria for PTSD so I don't know what to tell this person but you know I'm going to give you the criteria for PTSD cuz that's how I am can we avoid the ICD-11, <laughs> whatever it's called. What? The DSM-5? DSM-5. Okay, yeah. well, this is just the... I just want to give you guys, like, what what inclusion... There are four categories for Can you maybe do the PTSD. cliff notes? Because I feel like this would be very boring to listen to. No, it's not boring. Well, I think for I'll, you. <laughs> not for people that are listening. Yeah, but they don't want to know the... Yes, they do, because they're going to, this is going to resonate with them. Number one, intrusive thoughts, such as repeated involuntary memories, distressing dreams, or flashbacks of traumatic events. So these flashbacks may be so vivid that you feel like you're actually reliving that traumatic experience. And I don't know about you guys, but that's infertility right there. 
like the feeling like it's ha- just you're reliving it all the time in your mind and in real life because if you keep having failures like we did it's like you can't escape it number two avoiding reminders of the traumatic event may include avoiding people places activities objects and situations that might bring the distressing memory so avoiding your fertility clinic taking the other way home i've done that before have you really yeah um I know when I was speaking to Alex last week, she was saying how just seeing her clinic or being there just filled her with terrible memories. And I feel the same way. Every time I pass just the building, the parking lot, I just remember nothing. I just associate that place with failure. They did nothing but fail us. Yeah. You know, When I was in there, I, I hated every moment of it, which is why... The waiting room, oh, like, God. just sitting in that waiting room, just everything about it, nothing yeah. magical about it, no, nothing the hopeful. The only positive was the People magazines in the <laughs> waiting room, so you could skim through and see what Brad Pitt is up to right Yeah, now. Brad Pitt, who cares? You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> number three, negative thoughts and feelings may include ongoing or distorted beliefs about oneself or others. AKA, I'm broken. My body doesn't work. My body's a piece of crap. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I'm less than her. Why can she have babies and I can't? Things like that. Number four, arousal and reactive symptoms may include being irritable, having angry outbursts, throwing pillows, uh, behaving recklessly or in a self destructive way. I-, I don't know about you guys. But every time I had a failed transfer, I was like eating whatever I wanted. I mean, I do that now. Um, <laughs> but in that situation, I was doing it kind of like punishing my body, like punishing myself, trying to be self-destructive because I was thinking my body failed me. So why would I nourish my body with good things? doesn't matter what I eat. So I can see myself in all four of these categories. And according to the American Psychiatric Association, for a person to actually be, be diagnosed with PTSD, um, the symptoms have to last for more than a month and often persist for months and sometimes years, guys. Yes. Hmm. What does that sound like to you? Hemorrhoids. Sounds like infertility to me. Okay. There's also a related condition called acute stress disorder, and this occurs um, in reaction to a traumatic event, just like PTSD does. The symptoms are similar. Um, However, the symptoms occur between three days and a month after the event, Um, So people with this disorder may relive the trauma and have flashbacks or nightmares. Um, They may feel numb or detached from themselves. And oftentimes, people with acute stress disorder go on to have PTSD. I was really traumatized after our ectopic, which I'm starting to think wasn't even an ectopic. I think it was probably a blighted ovum. I'm sorry, what? A blighted ovum, where the sac, the gestational sac, 
grows, but there is no baby in there. A blighted ovum. A blighted ovum. Hmm. But at the time, we were told it was an ectopic. I've believed for years that it was an ectopic. But because I've educated myself and I have this podcast and I've spoken with so many other women, it sounds to me like this was a blighted ovum. Um, And I actually talked to my um, new RE about this and I was telling her, well, and sorry to be graphic, but I said when I had my miscarriage, I miscarried, you know, quite a bit of stuff. She said, yeah, because I had a placenta, I had a gestational sac, I had all of that. And so that's what I was passing. So I don't know. I guess it was a blighted ovum. But after, after that happened back in 2014, I was extremely traumatized and I wanted to run away. And I did run away. After I'd healed from my miscarriage, I wanted to get out of town And so Daniel and I had been kind of looking for places to kind of visit. And so we decided to drive 16 hours to Charleston, where we actually live now. And then when we got here, we decided to move here. (laughs) Um, And we had been looking for places to live for a while. I wasn't really happy and feeling like I was flourishing in Texas where we lived. We lived near family, my family, and I didn't feel like I was growing. And I think when that happened, that traumatic event was just it for me. Like that was it. That was the last straw for me. And my family gave me grief for a really long time about you know, leaving after that happened. And, you know, sometimes I still say things every now and then. They couldn't understand why I just packed up and moved suddenly. Um, Even though they knew what I had been through, they would say, like, running away is not the answer. And actually, I disagree. I think sometimes running away and removing yourself from a situation is the answer. You know, I removed myself from a situation that was not right for me when I was 23 and I moved to Florida. And I met Daniel when I moved to Florida. You lucky bugger. I know. And we're obviously supposed to be together. So what if I hadn't run away Man, my life at that time? so easy. I'd have been just getting blazed on the reg, <laughs> you know? We'd have never met and our little fetus wouldn't exist. Yeah. Not to mention... The, what about Ramsey and Penny? Right. Ramsey and Penny wouldn't be in our they lives. They could have been in a really terrible home. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I've met so many amazing people through this infertility community. And, I mean, yeah, if I had married someone else, I probably still would have been infertile. Um, because the, the problem was me the whole time. But I would argue that Daniel's been extremely supportive and... I just don't think anybody else might have stuck with me through eight years of that. Yeah, they, they would have. Maybe, it's... but they wouldn't have encouraged me like you have to, you know, you support anything I want to do. Anything. Yeah. And so making my Instagram and connecting with other people. So I, I just think I would be a, di- a different person. My life would be different. If I hadn't have run away. You'd probably still be at Disney doing a di- like different characters. No. 
You don't think? No. You think it would have gone to like California? Yeah. I was actually planning to move to LA when I met Daniel and ended up not moving to LA because I met him. You're welcome. <laughs> so I probably would be very poor um, living in some studio with three other people or I'd be famous. Yeah. Or so, stripping for Chick-fil-A coupons. No, that's probably not what I'd, I'd be do doing. That. I would do that for their salad. <laughs> I'd strip for their salad. Yeah. Oh, they used to have a strip salad, like a chicken strip salad. Tortilla? No, a chicken strip salad. Oh, actual chicken strip. Yeah. Do you know what looks and good? they took it away. Is the Zaxby's salads. Oh, I love so, Zaxby's. Me too. I'm going to bring it home from work soon. Okay. Because I want to try that salad. Yeah. Anyway, back to PTSD. Yeah, back to PTSD. Running away for me, removing myself from that situation was right for me. So you're probably asking yourself, well, should I run away from whatever's causing me distress or should I stay and face it? You know, what is the problem? What is your distress? Is the problem infertility in general? Because there's no real way to run away from something like that. You're constantly being faced with your, well, I want to have babies. Well, if that's what you want, you're going to have to push through and find a way to get there. So there's really no way to run away from that. Um, Is the problem a miscarriage? You know, I see people all the time going on vacation after a miscarriage, and I think that's so healthy. Get away. Removing yourself, like literally taking yourself out, out of a situation allows you a fresh perspective and it allows you room to heal. So I'm 100% all about getting out of the house, going on a vacation or just going away for a girl's weekend or whatever. Get out of the house and get a fresh perspective. I think that's really healthy. What about If your problem is a bad marriage, Mm. what if you and your husband aren't on the same page when it comes to to talk about that? Uh. (laughs) This isn't funny because this happens. I've, I see it happen. I just saw it happen again recently. I mean, is he going along with it because you want kids? Mm -hmm. Are you going along with it? I mean, are you on two different wavelengths when it comes to this? Because If you're not on the same page, you're going to have to choose one. You're going to have to choose your husband or you're going to have to choose your desire to have kids. Sitting around and waiting for someone to change their mind is a waste of time. It's going to breed resentment and it's going to further drive you apart. So yeah, I mean, it would be painful to have to make that decision. But if you believe you're set on this earth to be a mother and you married someone who does not care about that, you might want to reconsider. Run away. <laughs> yeah. But then um, again, not it doesn't have to be that absolute, right? Sometimes just removing yourself. Yeah, like and compromise as well. I get what you're saying, like, do you want to wait around for someone who doesn't want those things? People change their mind. So there's different levels of urgency. Yeah, but do you want to when you are wanting to start a family, do you want to sit around and wait for someone to change their mind? What if, if they if never you, do? Yeah, and that that's, you know, could happen. But at the same time, I think there's going to be the the chance that someone will change their mind. 
and then yeah you can go ahead and have kids maybe maybe not just not not everything is simple so whatever your problem or distress is that you're facing you just assess whether or not you require space from it temporarily or permanently will it get better over time only you can really answer that I feel like walking away is a man thing. <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> and, well, you guys are really good at compartmentalizing things. Yeah, but what it sounded like is we were abandoning our kids or something. <laughs> no, I just mean... <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dad. I think if a man was in a toxic relationship, he would just be mo- more likely to be like, but you crazy, bye. Maybe. I think in the old days, I think nowadays men are a lot more in touch with their feelings and yeah, maybe things like it is. that. So maybe we, it is yeah, that way. You know. What do you think about men and trauma? Do you think that men I mean, I think like I said, men are good at really burying feelings. Yeah. It's inherently the way we're built is to hide things that we think yeah. is, you know, make make us look vulnerable. So we're not gonna talk about something. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you think about the military and the military men going through PTSD, there are so many organizations, there's so many things for them to get help. What if a man is feeling trauma from infertility? What if he's had to watch his wife go through repeated pregnancy loss? Yeah, but that's, you've got to remember, fertility... It doesn't impact the man the same way it impacts the woman. No, but have you ever felt helpless? Like yeah, when whole, you've seen me time. going through those things and th- this stuff is happening to my body. It's mm-hmm. not happening to your body. But and you can't do anything to help me. No. Does that make you feel in any way like helpless at all? Yeah, helpless, but not like I need to talk about it. Like. It's so different. What a woman goes through in, in, you know, through infertility compared to a man, the man's role does not even compare. Like, yeah, sure, we're, we're having a tough time, but in comparison, it's like breaking a foot versus stubbing a toe. It, yeah. It's not something that's going to cause us stress. Now, if the issue is a man, and I'm not speaking from experience, so I can't tell you, I'm sure that kind of um, starts to weigh in the direction Weighs of it becoming yeah. tra- traumatic. But yeah. ultimately, it's always going to be the lady that goes through the really traumatic part of giving themselves injections in in bathrooms, in restaurants, because that's where they are and that's when they have to give it. You, you know, the, the mood swings, the, the medication causing issues. Um, so, yeah, I... For me, the man's part is not traumatic, but it is tiring. Yeah. I wonder how men, and I didn't research this at all, but I I wonder how men differ in terms of dealing with trauma than women do in general. Not necessarily just infertility, but in general. Probably um, not. Yeah. Not as well. Inherently, we yeah. do not share our feelings. There was actually um, a paper that when I was doing my um, research for this episode, it was published back in 1997, actually. And um, there what was a year. A, what a year. I know. What a year. 
um, there was a quote that caught my attention. And they were talking about these case studies that they had done and the patients who had either experienced infertility or pregnancy loss were at increased risk of developing PTSD. But I wanted to tell you guys this one like line that was in there. They said the clinician must be vigilant in monitoring infertility patients for PTSD. Hmm. Hmm. That doesn't happen, does it? I mean, we know this doesn't happen. And actually, if if you have an RE or an OB or anybody who during the course of your infertility has doing has been doing some sort of like checkpoint for your mental health, please slide into my DMs at Operation Baby Bump on Instagram. Or you can email us at thevanwades at gmail.com. I would love to know if there's anybody out there who gives two craps about their patient's mental health. I mean, I think they're they're really concerned with getting you pregnant. And they're concerned with the medications you're on and getting you from point A to point B. But it's so it's such a dire situation in fertility. You know, especially when you have patients like us who had been lingering in that clinic for over two years, and we, we're just going on this round and round and round you know, roundabout, merry-go-round, or whatever the crap it was, wasn't fun. And I just wish at some point they would have been like, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like, you know, how, how's, how are you? How are you feeling? Yeah. They never did that. They never did that. Um, so I would love to know, if there's anybody out there who has a doctor that's actually been vigilant about monitoring your mental health, because that's kind of one of my passions in life. And one of my future directions is working with clinicians to hopefully change the way they practice, so to speak, and maybe adding this to their practice. Um, There was actually another article um, that was published back in 2012 on LiveScience.com. And they were talking about how women are at increased risk of developing PTSD after undergoing fertility treatments as well. They concluded that women were 50% more likely to develop PTSD after having gone through fertility treatments. And what caught my attention was there was a doctoral student who had struggled with secondary infertility, and she was actually working on the study. And she said, the definition of trauma should be expanded to include expectations of life, having children, expanding your family, carrying on your genetic code. That is an instinctual drive that we have as human beings. And when that is being threatened, It's not necessarily your life that's being threatened, but your expectation of what your life could be or should be like. And I thought that was brilliant because it is ultimately, you know, maybe you haven't gone through any miscarriages. Maybe you haven't been pregnant ever. You've just can't get pregnant. 
And I think that that expectation of contributing to your family and having that expectation that that is traumatic mm-hmm. when when that's ripped away from you or when you feel like that's never going to happen for you. Another interesting thing I found from this study was that 80% of the participants said that they felt like seeing diaper commercials were reminders of their infertility. And I, I know we've all felt this way, you know, when you're sitting there watching a new, you know, trying to figure out what to binge on Netflix next, and you start a show, and the second episode is someone who either just had a miscarriage or can't get pregnant or who got pregnant on a one-night stand, and it's like no matter what it is, it's a constant (laughs) reminder of our situation, and it's awkward. It's a constant reminder to us about what we don't have, what we can't do. And TV never gets it right anyways. They never get it right. Do you remember that um, Lifetime movie where she said... They get the sperm and they mix it with the the, the egg. They, yes. They mix it. This was a Lifetime movie where the, the um, woman fertility doctor used her eggs with the, <laughs> the husband's sperm because apparently they had dated a long time ago <laughs> and he broke her heart or something. And, oh man, that was so unrealistic and then when the lady was giving herself the shots in the bathroom she was like ah, ah, uh. <laughs> and I was like and that was really funny because I watched it with my little sister who came to visit and she didn't know we had like she didn't know we were going through IVF at the time and I was dying maybe a little too dying but I was like laughing so hard because I was like and that is not how it is. But anyway, it was ridiculous. But listen, my point in sharing all of these studies, I know Daniel's sitting over there going, what's her point? Like, get <laughs> to the point. He this he says this. He's like, skip to the end. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Especially when it's anything about research. I'm always just like, I don't know if I I'm can sorry. handle it. I can't help this. it. I love research. But my point in sharing these studies and these words with you is really just to validate you. I think that if you're experiencing these things, you're dealing with real feelings and you're dealing with real traumas. And if you've gone through a miscarriage, you haven't just lost what would have been your child. Your body gruesomely got rid of what would have been your child and you had to endure that in more ways than one. I'm sorry to make it really graphic, but that's how it is. And nobody talks about it in those terms. Like, yeah, you've had a miscarriage, but what does that mean? That means you freaking have to wear an overnight pad and sit there and pass your child. What would have been your baby? And it's, it's awful. Like, it's awful. That is traumatic. That is, that's trauma. And so, you know, I try not to think about the things that I've gone through because it's too much. Like, it's a wonder any of us get up out of bed. But 
you know, let's say that you've recently been through these traumatic events and let's just say that they're still very fresh and you're wondering how you might cope with those things. Well, much like the past couple of episodes on depression and anxiety, the first thing I would always suggest in coping with any type of mental health difficulty is getting a therapist. Get someone who can work with you through these events. Therapists are highly trained in helping you navigate through these emotions and they can teach you skills on how to retrain your thoughts. And um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, is actually one of my favorite forms of therapy for infertility because it helps you understand how thoughts and emotions influence your behavior. So these traumas can become second nature to us. They, They can become thoughts in our daily lives. And that leads us to having emotions about those thoughts. And that in turn affects our behavior. So maybe we stay in bed. Maybe we call into work. Maybe we recluse ourselves and we don't, you know, spend time with people that we love and do things that we normally used to do. I see some people on Instagram coming on and making posts, really deep, dark posts about what they're going through. And that's their way of coping, it seems. Or showing toilet tissue with blood on it. Oh, God. Don't even start me on that. If you've done that, I've unfollowed you a long time ago. I'm sorry, but (laughs) it's so unnecessary. Um, Support groups is another thing I would suggest. Um, If you have not joined the infertility Instagram community, come on over. We're waiting for you. We're here for you. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of room. I know it can be kind of scary putting yourself out there, but you can remain anonymous. A lot of people do it. I did it at first. Or maybe you like and you prefer face-to-face support groups. A lot of people do prefer that, to go and actually sit and establish relationships with people in your area, like face-to-face. Tell your story. Hold someone's hand. um, Look in your area and see if they have any grief and loss Uh, support groups or something with infertility. If you can't find what you're looking for or you just don't have the energy for it, um, reach out to me. I would love to help you do that. This is a feature I've actually really been wanting to add to the infertility website. Having some kind of a capability where you can look up um, support groups in your area. So that's something that I hope to someday arrange on the website. Um, You know, and those things, the support groups and finding a therapist can take some time. So in the meantime, I found five ways that you could manage PTSD symptoms. And this is according to um, medical news today. So the first one is mindful meditation. This can, you know, reduce stress. It can promote relaxation. The second thing is art therapy. So maybe you will paint your frustrations out or, you know, that helps a lot of people. Aromatherapy is the third one. You know, get you some oils, get you a diffuser, relax, try and get some better sleep, set yourself up for a better day the next day. Number four is regain focus through physical activity. Hit the gym, go for a run, go for a hike, get outside, walk around, 
And number five, pets. Get a pet. Pets are so great. Yeah, but not like a tarantula. Not a tarantula. Or a snake. But like a dog. Dogs are just so great, and they save lives. Like, you hear those stories about how they woke their owner up when there was a fire or whatever. There was also a story about how uh, this dog would wake up his owner when he was having nightmares. He had PTSD. Hmm. Um, I just think they're amazing. So, get a dog. Dogs are the best. We got Penny last summer when we were were going through our second and third round of IVF, and she's the greatest thing that's ever happened to us we love her so much she's gorgeous i love ramsey yeah i love my, my but he doesn't accept dog. our love he she doesn't. accepts our love and she gives it right back ramsey's basically a cat yeah mm. oh i don't i don't want to insult him that much true so that's all we have to say really about ptsd i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh i guess we should get to our big announcement right i don't even know what this is yes you do no i don't So, we will be wrapping up our podcast with season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have a few episodes left for you guys in this season, and we'll let you know which one's the last episode. We really have loved producing this podcast and hearing your feedback and how much it's helped you, and we're so grateful for everybody who listens. Um, And just to let you know, we make zero dollars on this podcast podcast that's it was never about making money on it or anything like that it was really just um an outlet for us and sharing our story i did it for the clout <laughs> what clout yeah, I know. <laughs> um i just think it's nice to share your story and hopefully it helps somebody and that's really why we've done it um but in doing this podcast i've really neglected the infertility website, which is hugely important to me because the way I see it is that website is like our legacy. And when I say our legacy, I mean all the women listening, navigating infertility, who have navigated infertility. And I just feel like it's our, our legacy to pass on to the next group of women who maybe just finishing high school right now or finishing college or maybe they're still in diapers and they have no idea that when they grow up someday, they're going to be infertile. And where do they even start? And so really, the website was kind of another place for people to connect. There are forums on there that are very specific to what you might be going through. So if you're a same-sex couple, there's a forum for that. If you are going through pregnancy after infertility, there's a forum for that. And the people who are still going through infertility don't have to see that kind of stuff. So it's just a great place. And I just really want to um, have more time to focus on that and um, share what we've learned um, and what we're still learning about infertility. These experiences that have shaped the type of women that we have become, the type of men that we've become, we've become, you know what I mean, the type of couples that um, we've become. And this is like also shaping the type of parents that will be, the type of parents that our children will have and know. So for us to take our stories and experiences and pass them on to the next generation to let them know that they are not alone is just huge. And so 
That's really important to me. There are other things I want to do with the website, and I imagine it'll evolve over the years. And I can't wait to see what kind of contributions that all of you women can also contribute to me. It doesn't feel like my website. It feels like our website. Mm -hmm. It feels like something that is going to be a collaborative effort and something that we all contribute to. So while the podcast may be ending, my work in this community is far from done and I'm not going anywhere. So thank you guys for listening. I'm Candace. And I'm Daniel. Night. 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 Night.